Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel. You know that the partnership game is not easy, but it is beautiful. If you find you're struggling with attracting or maintaining partnerships, go to speakingofpartnership.com right now, click on the big red tell me more button, and start creating your ideal partnership today. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I'm super excited to bring you today's feature guest, Heidi Banks. Heidi, welcome to the show. Well, I'm so glad to be here, Ken. Well, thank you. And for anybody listening that maybe isn't familiar with Heidi, let me give you a little background. Heidi is a nationally recognized relationship coach. She's been featured on Oprah, on 2020, The Early Show, and Good Morning America, to name just a few. She holds an MA from the University of Santa Monica and is known for her deep intuition and wisdom, having done this work for 25 years now. Heidi, take a minute or two, give us some, you know, Details to fill in any blanks in that intro and and even give us a little glimpse into your personal life, if you don't mind. Absolutely. Yeah, just listen to the intro. I'm like, oh, my God, you must all sound like, you know, it sounds like I'm an expert. And I mean, I'm put up as an expert, but the truth is I'm just somebody who has done a lot of relationships in my life. Um, I'm not somebody who I have had. I've been married. I've had a long term marriage. I have many relationships and I take a lot of my work from what I've experienced and I would say my bottom line philosophy is just to keep going (laughs) and um, and look at what these relationships bring to us outside of just partnership meaning just outside of having somebody by our side for the movies with or um, be a partner in our church for parenting really what does relationship bring us? And for me, it's been my main avenue of growth in my life. And I'm eternally grateful for that. And I must say, Ken, as long as I have kept that, I guess you can call it a belief system, I've never been short of remarkable men walking into my life. Hmm. Some for, yeah, some for a day, some for a much longer period of time. But everyone has brought something special and has helped me in my own evolution. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I, I'm. I'm really glad you brought that up, Heidi, because I think that's that's a key thing. I, I remember a friend of mine once saying every relationship he had was like a level up from the last one. And when he looked back, it's like it's not like I'm going. I mean, yeah, maybe I'm not happy that it ended right now, but I still got someplace further in my life in my evolution. And it was a function of having these relationships. So it's it's really something that, you know, it's helpful to remember that it's not like, oh, this is this total waste of time because there's something that came positive out of it, no matter how long it lasted. I don't think any relationship is a waste of time. I, I think each one of them, as I said, brings something special. But, but even more importantly, I, I don't think people just walk into our lives. I, I, it's, it's just not that arbitrary. I think each one has come to help us see another aspect of ourselves and to, to show us where we're either loving ourselves or not loving ourselves enough. And from that perspective, that you can't look at any experience you've had in the, you know, walking through the field, the, the, the field, 
the minefield, <laughs> which, which I know for me, you know, it, I'm not saying every relationship I've been in has been a bit of roses. I'm grieving one right now that um, was a major relationship of my life that we both decided to end. And I have to say, even in the grieving and stepping aside and looking, I've, uh, I've learned so much. And, and I'm not saying learning in a hard way. You know, I'm not somebody that advocates that you have to go through a lot of pain and agony and stick it out, you know, at all costs and look at the lessons. And, because if, if what you're doing isn't bringing you joy, don't do it. Don't do it. It's a sure sign to me you're not on the, the right path. But that doesn't mean that you won't grieve some, a relationship that has ended or a relationship you would have liked to have been in. You know, I, I think it's an important part of the process. And being in it right now, I could take a deep breath and say, I've been on quite a ride for the last few months. And it hasn't been easy, but when I, when I do get my head above water, I, I, I'm in awe of the process. Nice. Well, let me ask you, Heidi, because I'm, I'm kind of curious. One of the things that I found is helpful is, you know, when we're in partnership, I mean, we can get off in the weeds. That's not uncommon. And I'm wondering what is kind of like your guiding principle or your mantra that brings you back and gets you back in alignment with partnership? Um, I stopped looking at them as being wrong. <laughs> it's really that simple. It's like the minute I know I'm looking at my partner and saying they did something wrong or they need to grow or they need to change in any way, I know I'm off track. And it's time to bring it back to myself. That doesn't mean I make myself wrong. It's not like if you're, not, if you're, if you're right, I must be wrong. I, I get off the right wrong track and I just move to what is this relationship showing me. And I know it sounds very heady. You know, Ken, I, I want to really be upfront about this in, in our talk. I'm not talking about um, what you know actually was coined in the 1980s by I think it was John Wellwood who's been a great uh, speaker on spirituality and relationships, which is more my field, and talked about what's called a spiritual bypass, where you know you make everything growing and learning and not really about being in it and feeling and extending yourself and opening your heart, you know, just a little more than you opened it the day before. I'm talking about really being in a relationship where you're present in every moment and seeing what it's bringing you. And that for me is how I get back to my center. I, I get out of my fantasy about what it should be, what I should be experiencing, and I look at what's really happening here and, and how has this been brought to me, and this is my guiding principle, for my growth and upliftment. And if I can't find that, I step away and I take time for myself. And if you're not in a relationship where your partner allows that, not as a running away, but more as just a, a, a room for you to go to in your consciousness, in your mind, in your heart, to give yourself some space, then you're in the wrong relationship. Yeah, that's. I love that first comment you made about the, the you know, get off the right wrong track because it's so easy to just be in that black and white mindset and like yeah. you said just because maybe they're not wrong that doesn't make me wrong right exactly there's yeah, not always I, yeah. somebody has to be wrong 
Because that makes it very difficult to want to be in partnership because it's kind of like this win-lose situation. And, and it's so important to just go, huh, okay, what's what's coming out of this? Why is this here? Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, listen, I played the right-wrong game as much as anyone. I mean, I'm not going to going to hold myself up as, you know, just because I do this work with people and I've had a lot of success over the years in doing this, it doesn't mean I don't fall in that trap because that's part of our humanity. I mean, you know, there's things that have to look at in ourselves that are really hard to look at and we, we don't want to see these things. And if you're with the right partner, they're going to hold the space for you to do that. They're going to hold loving. And most of all, you're going to hold loving for yourself to go there and take a look. So for me, that that is the most important thing to get off that right wrong game, uh, and the betray- and betrayal game. So many of us walk, you know, into a relationship coming out of another, and we're, you know, our first thing is he betrayed me or she betrayed me, and to really look at betrayal as is, you know, when you say you've been betrayed, you're you're honestly saying I'm a victim, and I have no power, and I gave up my power and I'm angry, and I'm hurt, you might as well just go to the I am hurt place and, and let all the other just go on its way because you can heal hurt, but you can't heal betrayal. Betrayal happens. Events happen. People do things. We don't mean to do it to each other, but we do. But if you can get to that place that says I'm hurt and be there and, and work with that part of yourself that, hurt, that hurts, boy, you're, you're, you're going to walk into whatever's next clean and open and loving. Yeah, that that is really great guidance. And, and I'm curious because, you, you know, you mentioned you're human. You you have your ups and downs in this stuff, too. And I'm wondering, can you share with us just a, a short story about, you know, a time when you kind of, well, you kind of tripped up in your partnership and, you know, what did you trip on? And what, what actually did you learn from that that helped you move forward? Yeah, well, you know, um, I'm somebody that, wow, we're really going to get honest here, huh? We're going to really, like, pull out all stops? Sure. Is that what we're saying? Sure. All right, Ken. So for me, one of the things I, I was taught to lead with was my sexuality and my, um, my looks. It, it was kind of like when I was younger, I wasn't very attractive as a child. You know, I had very serious weight issues and... I wasn't very popular, and, and then it hit a place, I guess, around college where that shifted, and it was such a change for me that I sort of let that lead me around, and so it became like, you know, how much I would feel the recognition of men looking at me and accepting me on that level, and I remember at one point, I recognized that I wasn't getting what I want out of relationships, and I realized I wasn't really showing up as me. I was showing up as, you know, this arm candy, and it was so contrary to who I am. I mean, if you talk to anybody I've been in a relationship with, whether it ended well or not, they'll always say, oh, my God, being with Heidi, you really learn about depth and how to go there, and, you know, she helped me move on to whatever was next in my life. So here I was playing this, putting this other part of me into the world that what, what was attracting people to me. And at some point I just stopped and went, I'm so done with that pattern. I'm so over it. And it was just this one guy that broke, you know, my heart got broken. And I, and I just kind of looked and he said, you know, 
you lied to me about who you were. And I realized what he meant was I had presented myself as this carefree, uh, you know, much, much um, shallower person upon meeting me. And that's the part of me that I represented in the first part of our relationship. And then, you know, I got to really feel safe enough to, to allow myself to come out, which was a much deeper, you know, somewhat wounded, you know, God, we all have those wounds. And he, um, it, 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 it was an immediate rejection. And I went, well, I'm not going to do that again. I'm just going to represent myself as who I am. And the whole package, not just a part of it. Yeah, even talking about it, like I, I get that feeling, like I call it like this spooky feeling when you know you haven't truly represented who you are. Because, you know, the truth is, at the end of the day, when a relationship ends, and we're in heartbreak, the question we always ask ourselves on some level is, did I really show up as me or did I lose me? And this, women have this all the time. It's like, have, why did I give up myself? And if you, give, if you show up as yourself and it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. But if you haven't, that's where regret can walk in and seep in. And we, you know, we start to judge ourselves saying, oh, if only if, if only if. But when you really show up as yourself, nobody, you know, nobody will uh, be able to turn around and say, um, I, you know, you rejected me because you, you, you didn't know who I am. And even the word reject, I hate that word. It's just, it just didn't work out. We weren't meant to be together. You know, I often say women the thing we're not great at is punctuation. Like we meet somebody, we think it's going to go somewhere, it doesn't. So there's a period after each of those sentences. With women, it's like we meet somebody, parenthesis, I thought it was the love of my life. It didn't work out, parenthesis, what did I do wrong? He left me, parenthesis, there must be something wrong with me. If we could just get rid of those parentheses, those, those things that we're taught, that we put into these conditions, we'd be so much more able to move forward in our lives. And my work with people over the years is helping them to move forward, to remove the block. And almost every block that I have seen has been based on self-judgment. Somehow we have decided it was okay to judge ourselves, to make ourselves right or wrong. And in either of those places, you lose. Yeah, I, that's such a great example because it's, and I, I see it a lot with the women that I work with where, just like you said, they'll say, oh, you know, I lost myself in that relationship. And, and I've had clients that literally don't want to pursue another relationship because they just assume they're going to lose themselves in it. Mm -hmm. And they really don't feel like they can't not lose themselves yeah. in a relationship. Well, it's it's not an easy thing. It's, you no. Know, for women, I, it's just seems for women that just seems part of our patterning, what we see is. You know, we're caretakers, and we, 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 we tend to do that. And we think people want us to be a certain way. And it's, you know, I, I, I wish I had the awareness and the consciousness now I had in my 30s and my 40s. I mean, it would, God knows, I would have made, you know, I think, that, I think, I don't know, but I think I would have had a different level of relationship going. And yet I have no regret over any of it. None. None. I mean... My friends look at me and they say, you just, 
will never give up on love. And I went, why would you ever give up on love? Why would you ever make the decision to close your heart down and not share it with another person? It's just, to me, it's just one of the most beautiful things we're gifted as human beings. The ability to connect, the ability to open our hearts to somebody else and say, here, let me share with you my joy, my happiness. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that. Well, Heidi, let's do this. Let's let's switch things around a little bit. And okay. I'd, I'd love to have you share a story of since we kind of went down the, you know, you tripped up, things weren't so great. Tell us a story of one of your proudest moments in partnership, a time when, you know, you think about it, you can't help but smile. Oh, you know, um, it's funny. It was my divorce. You know, uh, which is funny, right? Like, you wouldn't think that would be, like, a joyous moment. Mm-hmm. But um, I was with my uh, former husband for close to 11 years, and we really grew together, and we grew to a place where we recognized that what we both wanted for the next stage of our life, um, we weren't going to be together. Like, we knew it, it, it sort of hit an expiration date, and I do think certain relationships hit an expiration date. And... You know, the coolest part of it is uh, we went to see a divorce attorney and both of us went individually and figured out what, you know, each was owed in the relationship. And we had done a lot of business together. You know, we had, we had pretty much um, done well, let's put it that way, as a couple. And um, when we sat down for a divorce, the decision was very, like, uh, equal. Like, we... We both wrote on a piece of paper what we wanted and, you know, within a few little things, you know, pieces of art and things like that, it was exactly, you know, what we considered fair and, and would keep us in a loving place. And we chose, I chose uh, to put some distance between us for a while and then we came back together and we're great friends now. And there was never a period of animosity or regret. It was just one of these really clean um, disillusions of a relationship. And it enabled both of us to move on fairly quickly. And, um, and when we see each other and when we, you know, we still talk on a fairly regular basis, there's always a loving. In fact, he never lets me call him, him my ex-husband. You know, he's always like, I'm not your ex-husband. I'm your friend. And I and and that to me always brings joy. Like when I think about like how much grace was available to us, and I think it was because both of us just looked at each other and said, "God, it just didn't work, but we love each other. We really care about each other. So let's let's do this from that that place, from that perspective." Yeah. Yeah. That. So what I'm I'm hearing with that, Heidi, is the partnership that took place in the dissolution or the, the dissolving of your relationship. You were in partnership yeah. of this is the best thing. This is the bigger thing that is actually yeah. part of our relationship. It's just not going to take the form that we thought it would. Oh my God. Isn't that form thing ridiculous? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that where we all get tricked? I know. I know. I'm always like, well, wait a minute. I have this idea. I thought it was going to take this form and how did this happen? And, and, you know, I'm always looking for what's the highest good. Like really, I'm always looking to that place that goes, I don't know 
exactly what's for my highest good. But if this is what's presenting itself, it's, and for both of us, it was not to be together. I said, there has to be something working here. Now, I come from a very spiritual perspective. I'm not going to lie about that. For me, I will always approach relationships from a place of there's something greater than me that knows what's for my highest good. And if I could surrender to that, not give up, but surrender to that in every moment, I'm going to be led and shown. And um, I've been practicing surrender now for, uh, you know, a good long while and liberation. And I find when I'm in that place, I get closer in my relationships. I get more joy in my relationships. And I have to let go sometimes of what the form is. But it is not easy. I'm not trying to sell it as an easy ticket. It's not. It isn't. It's not for the faint of heart. The faint of heart want to just be in a relationship and will be, no matter what's going on, are going to put their, you know, their head under the, under the covers and say, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to endure this no matter what. And I don't want to grow and I don't want to learn. I just want to make sure I have a partner. And that's okay. That's the agreement you both make. But if you're really looking, to me, partnership is so much bigger than that. It, it, it gets down to the place that says, are you really my best friend? Are you my best friend? Because if you're my best friend, we're going to look at things as a couple that you wouldn't look at as, an, as necessarily um, if you decided not to grow and have that contract together. And that's the contract I see that works best with couples. It's like they have to have an agreement to grow so that when something shows up that isn't easy to deal with, well, sometimes that's, that's cheating, sometimes it's uh, withdrawing, you know, sometimes it's just um, one of the people needing some time on their own. All of that can be, I guess the word would be endured, but probably more you could thrive from all those situations if it's held from the perspective of growth. I'm not suggesting that you make a contract to have an open relationship because I've, ne- I've, ne- I've yet to seen that work. But um, I- I'm talking more of a traditional relationship where you agree to be together and there's fidelity. Yeah. Again, I, I thank you for bringing all that to the table because there's, as we started with that, you know, about the form, right? And we do, we yeah. get hung up on that. And it's got to look like this, or it's got to look like that, or if it's not this way, it doesn't, it has no value. Well, that's going to train wreck just about anything, (laughs) because the chances are you're not going to be exactly like some form. I I, I can't remember who it was, it was on the show once, and they said, you're not going to marry someone out of a catalog. They're not a static image from a catalog. They're a live, moving, operating person that is going to change and evolve, and you're going to change and evolve, and it's not a static thing. I've tried to do that. It doesn't work. I've tried it. I've tried it, you know. I, I've picked the male model. <laughs> but I, I, would, I, I agree with all that. And you know what's interesting, and I'm sure you, you've experienced this. Um, why I love to work with people is um, I, have, I have a fairly high, some people call it psychic, I call it intuitive nature, about where things get stuck. And it's just really amazing when you can pinpoint that and how it, it just, you know, gets the river flowing again. And often, it's not traditional. It's not the reasons you think you're stuck or the relationship hasn't moved forward or why you needed to break up. We're just, we don't have that awareness. And we're trying to define it in the moment. And 
basically, you can't learn in the moment what you will know in hindsight. You just can't. It's impossible to have that much awareness in the moment. The only thing you can have awareness of is how much your heart is open and how much your heart is, um, has the ability to receive. But as far as lessons learned and statements like, well, I'll never do that again and all that, that's just stuff we say to keep ourselves from feeling hurt. Yeah. And if you could feel the hurt and go through it and grieve, you're, you get through it so much faster, so much faster. But our culture doesn't really allow that. It, it, you know, it doesn't make, what's the first thing somebody says when you go through a breakup? Oh, there'll be plenty more. It's like, it, it doesn't help. It doesn't, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have a favorite expression, time does not heal all wounds. It just buries them. And then you bring those buried treasures, which I'm being sarcastic about, into the next relationship in the next. And you wonder why they're not working and they're not, you haven't grown. And often it takes just going back and figuring out at what point the grieving wasn't done. Enough. Enough. And who's to say what enough is? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's yeah. so great, Heidi. And it's it's so funny because I'm, I'm realizing, you know, when I first reached out to you and, and I didn't know much about your background or your work, but I've been, you know, guided to, to contact you and, and now you're talking about you know your work and the way you, you use intuition with that because for me that's one of the things that I focus on is looking at what's the what I call the energetic blind spot that yeah. we don't even know we keep running into the trash can we're just like yeah. what I don't know there just seems to be dents in my car how come it's like <laughs> could you keep backing into the trash can every single time yeah we and gotta let you know that it's back there so you can move it out yeah. of the way Move it out of the way. And sometimes, you know, I, I actually do past life work with people. Nice. I could see past lives. And um, when it's appropriate, I will talk about that with somebody. And often, you've been in a relationship with somebody that was really a completion. <laughs> I know this is like far out there talking, but, you know, I'm, I'm so much more than just, you know, having a psychology background. It's like I could see things where you go, you know, you only were supposed to have a month with that person. But what you're doing with it is what's important. Because, you know, if, let's just say it's true and you were only supposed to have a month with a person. Do you take that as rejection? Did you, did you label it, I wasn't good enough? Did you label it, um, he was wrong? Do you label it, I was abandoned? Or do you go, huh, that's interesting. Okay, I could see that and I could move forward. And, and that's where... That's the point where, you know, you, I, everybody that does the work we do is looking for in our clients, where they're ready to take the action step, when they're ready to go, I'm, I'm willing to risk again. I'm willing to put myself out there and not just go, yeah, that's a great point. Let me think about it. But just really go to that point of action. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Uh, Heidi, we've, we've actually reached a part of the show that I call Bring It All Home. And this is where we, we step away from the stories. And okay. I ask you to give some simple, concrete guidance for our listeners that they can apply to their partnerships right now. And where I'd like to start is, I'm, I'm curious, what would you say is the best, you can call it partnership, you can call it relationship, whatever category you want to put it in, but what's the best partnership advice that you've ever received? Ah, uh, forgiveness. Mm -hmm. That was it. It's like at the end of every day, whatever has gone on, can you move to a place wherever, you know, 
I review, I review the day and I, I look and I say, where did I misstep or think I've misstepped and where, where have I thought my partner could have been more loving, could have been more giving. And I moved to a place that just lets them off the hook. And, uh, it makes such a tremendous difference because then you're not carrying it forward. And so much of it is just, we believe if we, our mind says, if we carry it forward, somehow they're going to get what they did and do something different. And the truth is when we hurt another person and we, we know it and we don't need to be reminded of it. We don't need to be scalded for it. You know, it doesn't work with children. Why would it work with adults? It's more just, (laughs) Exactly. It's just more the recognition. So for me, it's like if you've communicated that you're in hurt, let it go. Just go and move forward. Now, if those hurts keep, you know, keep coming and coming and coming, I'm not suggesting you ignore it. This is not like a bypass of that level of of communication. I'm just at that point, you're going to take a look and say either this relationship is for me or there's some wound in me that's so big that I just keep getting hit in the same spot and I need to step back. But for the most part, it's pretty easy at the end of the day to do that. And, I, and, and in that same category, Ken, it's, 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 I've learned to never criticize my partner in public. It's bad enough to do it in private. It's terrible to do it in public. Yeah. And you see it all over the place. You know, you see a couple arguing in a restaurant and I work with a lot of men in my practice, as well as women. And they, they come and they go, you know, you see they're in a level of shame, like they've been shamed by their partner. And, you know, you realize those words said, especially when somebody else has witnessed them, pretty hard to get over, you know. And it creates distance and we're afraid to communicate. And then the women say things like, he doesn't open up and you're wondering why. And if that fear has been put in there, it's a hard fear to erase. It's yeah. a very hard one. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, I yeah. can certainly agree with that as a man. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah and, it, right? and, and you're right, because what, what happens is where a complaint might motivate a woman to change, for a guy, it causes distance. It actually shuts us down. And with a woman, you know, listen, a, a woman too. I mean, we don't forget when a guy says, you know, I, I don't like the way your hair is, you yeah. know, and you just cut it, you know. <laughs> you know, we feel it too. There's a, there's, we have to believe that it's okay to give that kind of feedback to each other. And the truth is, unless it's asked for, and I mean really asked for, not the, honey, do I look fat in these pants line. I'm talking about, you know, is there something about me you want to change? Unless you're really open to hear it, don't ask the question. And, and the sensitivity of the partner to answer it, once you've answered something, let it go. You don't need to remind them. It's not like, I don't like you in those, you know, in those pants, and then you think it's okay a month later to say, by the way, remember I told you I didn't like you in those pants. We remember. We all remember. We're all little kids underneath. And once we hear something once, it's enough. We don't need to keep driving it home. And we do that in relationships. We get hurt and think, I'm going to repeat this over and over again. And that was a great bit of advice that was given to me. Once I deliver a bit of, a bit of feedback, I let it go. Mm-hmm. That's, that's it. And most of the time when I deliver feedback, it has nothing to do with my partner. 
I just think it does. It's really about my trying to, I've been wounded in some way and I'm trying to make myself feel better by making him less. And it does not work. Yeah. Let me put it another. Let me put it another way. It does not work. <laughs> oh, so what I'm hearing you say is, it does not work. Ah, uh, you got it. Oh, you good, good. It. Woohoo! Yeah, you I actually, it. I actually heard yeah. it said once. They said, you know, when people go, "Well, I'm just being brutally honest," that typically you're being oh, more brutal great. than you're being honest. Yeah, and the whole. It's giving you an excuse thing. to attack someone. Exactly. Oh, I'm doing exactly. it for your own good. It's like, no, you're doing it because you want to lash out at me. Yeah. And that's yeah. not really going to serve our partnership. Yeah. Or I, I want to be honest with you. I really don't like going to a baseball game. Okay. Well, you know, this is what I love doing and I want you alongside me. To keep giving me that feedback does not help because what you're really saying is, what are you doing for me? What are you, where are you coming with me that I don't want to go? As opposed, And it's like, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. But don't keep driving at home. And that's where what we do, we tend to do when we're, we feel like we're not being heard, you know, and I, I don't know, it, listen, the relationship game isn't easy, but it's beautiful. And there's, it's the best game in town. And the more we love ourselves, the less we tend to attack. The more we love ourselves, the less we tend to criticize. And it's to me, every time I feel critical, I know there's a part that isn't loving me. And isn't being there for me. And I just get on that. The business is taking care of me. Great advice. Well, let me ask you this then, Heidi. What would you recommend as a book or a resource that you found has been really, really helpful in relationship to partnerships? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I'm a great fan of R.L. Ford. Mm-hmm. Uh her work. I'm a, a um, conscious relationship by the Hendrix, dear friends. I mm-hmm. love their work. Yep. Uh, um, anything on forgiveness, anything on forgiveness, um, I would recommend. And um, soon my next book, <laughs> but that's not ready yet. <laughs> so, um, yes. So for now, all they can do is anybody who's listening can become a client, but I take very few clients. So at this at this stage of the game, but yeah, I, you know, books and resources, anything that brings you back to loving, and I, I just finished a book I, I very much like called the Surrender Experiment. It's the gentleman who wrote on um, the Untethered Soul. Oh yes. So any yeah, so any of those kind of books that really bring you back to you, and sometimes it's just a great novel, you know, where you you sit down and enjoy yourself. Or poet, you know, I'm a big fan of poetry, David White poetry. All of this stuff that awakens the love inside of you, to me, is is often greater than any manual on how to how to love. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know, just to add to that, I think it's so great that you mentioned, you know, maybe just go read some book because you you want to do it for you know for pleasure because a lot of times those stories can really bring a message home yeah more than yeah. a manual and you're I, just like oh my gosh i can't remember what book i was just reading and i was like i'm writing down stuff out of this i'm like this guy has no idea that i'm like getting these lessons from his fiction book that is such a great point ken because you know the thing is where when we need our answers if we're open to the universe providing it 
it will come from so many different places. Yes. So many different, you know, we'll turn on a, a movie all of a sudden in the middle and a character will say a line and you'll go, oh my God, that's exactly what I needed to hear. Or, you know, it's just the universe is always trying to provide us with our answers and direction. And when we open to that, what a difference. I mean, I, I, I meditate every day. I've been meditating since I'm 23. I've been working with a spiritual master named John Rogers since I'm 23. And, um, you know, he always brought me back to my heart and opening. I can remember times over the last, you know, years where I turned and said, this is just too painful for me to do. And, you know, I was ready to give up on love. And he would laugh at me going, you don't, you're not the type to give up on love, Heidi. <laughs> <laughs> you're fooling yourself. And, I, and it would bring me back to my joy. And I realized sometimes for me, when I get too heavy, I just want to watch a comedy. Mm-hmm. And, it, 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 and, and in that escape, I get a perspective that I can come back to my relationship and be renewed and be fun again. Because really all our partners want us to be as joyous and fun. From that place, we can hear and do anything. It's when we come in with so much trauma and strain that, and lose ourselves that um, it becomes difficult. It, it becomes impossible. Because who wants to be around somebody who's just miserable all the time? Not me, not you. Yeah. You know, not a healthy, not a healthy person. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, Heidi, I think it's pretty clear to, to me, it's, I'm sure it's clear to our listeners as well, that you have a lot to share. And I'd love for you to, to give us an idea of how our listeners can contact you, how they can learn more about what you do. Ethers. <laughs> smoke, smoke signals. Ah. Um, my, my clients often remark to me, they, said, um, they say, uh, you're the hardest person in the world to get hold of. Like you're, you're somebody that wants to work but doesn't want to work. And I go... I know, I know, I know. I just enjoy life so much. And I, I love working with people, but often I, you know, I take a lot of time for myself, which is, again, one of my keys to relationships. But if you want to try, there's no guarantees, <laughs> you can reach me at HeidiBanks at gmail.com. It's as simple as that. And Heidi's with an E, or as I like to say, the last creative thing my mother ever did. <laughs> H- <laughs> H-E-I-D-E, Banks at gmail.com or you can wikipedia me and you'll find it um anywhere on the internet so um yeah just um yeah and find me in your heart (laughs) you know you want to find me find me in your heart just hear me saying congratulations you're in a partnership or you're wanting a partnership because from that place life has so many possibilities yeah absolutely well heidi i I have to say, this has been so much fun, and your your insights and your what you've shared with us just amazing. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh, I, I so appreciate what you're doing, Ken. It's, it's a beautiful, dare I say, ministry to the world. Sure. And yeah, it's a real ministry, and it, um, yeah, we believe in love. What can we? What can you say? We're we're suckers. <laughs> Well, you know, there's there's got to be somebody out here to hold that space, right? Exactly, exactly. Fortunately, we're members we're members of a very big club. That's true. Very, very true. Yeah. Well, yeah. thanks again, Heidi. Yeah. This has been great. All right, Ken. Take good care of yourself. You too. 
Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. Be sure you catch the bonus stories from our guests on Follow Your Yes Friday. It's easy to do. Just go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher or iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else either in person or on the web. Have a great day. And remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.